0: Welcome back to the Anime Gamers podcast after yet another embarrassingly long delay. This time I have a panel recording which means it was very easy for me to edit and that's good because it means that you're actually getting an episode and I'm not taking forever to put it out. This is my panel writing about anime and manga recorded at Anime Destiny 2014 at UC Berkeley. If you went to Mike Tool's panel writing about anime for fun and profit, which was at Otakon last year, uh, I was on that and this Panel is pretty much me just doing Mike's panel, but with a new set of guests and a slightly different format, but pretty much the same topic. Uh, I want to thank Nick Robinson, who is one of the panelists, for recording the whole thing for me. Enjoy. All right, hey, guys. <laughs> Welcome to Writing About Anime and Manga. Um, this is going to be a pretty like free-form uh, discussion between the three of us and with you guys. Uh, we'll look, open it up for questions uh, about partway through the panel. Um, we're basically just gonna talk about uh, our experiences. We all write professionally about anime or have written professionally about anime, which is to say we have gotten paid actual money uh, to write words <laughs> well, about anime. Actual
1: money. Yeah. You, you, have you got have You got paid in
2: like anime bucks, right?
0: No, it was real money, but like, yeah. Goku on the dollars. <laughs> right. Yeah. No no we pay in Crunchyroll membership. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm set for the next two weeks. <laughs> Right, yeah, it's two weeks at a time. Um, yeah, so we'll just be talking about our experiences with that and how you can get into it if you want to write about anime. It's, a, it's pretty fun, it's kind of interesting. Uh, so let's introduce ourselves. That that didn't work. There we go. First off, my name is Evan Minto. Uh, I write for two places right now. I write for Otaku USA magazine, which is the only anime print magazine in North America. Um, all the other ones died because we killed, killed them, and ate them. <laughs> uh, yeah. we, we absorbed them into ourselves uh, so I write reviews and features for Otaku USA and I write for uh, for Antigamers.com which is my uh, blog that I run with a team of some other people and I'm the editor in chief there I do a lot mm-hmm. more editing than writing nowadays on Antigamers and in the past I've written f- uh, for about.com I've done a little bit of freelance work for them my twitter account is at V-A-M-P-T-V-O Let's see, we're not really going in order. Who's next? Nate. My name is Nate
2: Ming. Um, I wear many hats at Crunchyroll. I am the customer support lead, so if anything breaks, yell at me, and we'll do our best to fix it. Um, I am also the features and reviews editor for Crunchyroll News. I have just recently done my 100th game review at the site, and I have a weekly column called Fan Art Friday, which has been going for a little over three years. Um, I'm also editor-in-chief of the Crunchyroll Newsletter, so anyone interested in getting started, please come and talk to me after the panel, Started. Um, I have really only written professionally for Crunchyroll, but I have done reviews and coverage on other forums like you know um, Joe Blow Movie Reviews. I did a lot of MMA coverage over at Bullshito.com. Um, I did game reviews on Guy Online and Dynamite Glove, and now I'm here in Crunchyroll. And I'm
0: not on Twitter at all, but you can check out my abandoned Twitter at Nate Ming. That's actually an account, right? You gave me that, but I didn't check the that link. Is, Yeah, <laughs> to see if it was a real Twitter it account. It is a real Twitter. <laughs> okay. And our third panelist is Nick Robinson. Hi. So uh,
1: I am an Internet man who... <laughs> We're uh, all Internet <laughs> men. I'm an Internet man. Internet uh, man. Okay. I am primarily uh, work with video outlets, doing like hosting videos about... Video games and anime. Um, I also have experience doing written work for a website called Anime Vice, uh, which was part of like the Whiskey Media Giant Bomb family of websites, and uh, freelancing for a website called Unwinnable, which is a general video games, comics, anime, culture website. And those are the those are the only two places that I've tricked into paying me for this stuff. <laughs> um, but those are the ones that I'm also proudest of, so that's why they're there. And I have a Twitter account also.
0: All right. So uh, I think probably the. Most basic place to start in talking about this is our like dark origin stories. So, uh, how did you guys like get started writing about anime? Um, I don't know which one of you wants to start. You can just go left to right. Okay.
2: Sure. Go ahead. Okay. Um, my anime a secret origin story. My parents were in the military, and I lived in Okinawa. From uh, I actually thought that was a joke <laughs> origin story for a second, but it's real. <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. Um, from like '93 to '96 or '97, and that's where I first like started seeing anime as anime. Now I was already writing about a lot of stuff. I was doing like you know, doing weekly um, write-ups of like Star Trek episodes in our school newspaper, and then I started writing about you know, like Dragon Ball Z, which was airing in Japan at the time. And from there, I just kept writing about anime. Kept writing, and finally, an outlet gave me a chance. In this case, Crunchyroll, and we're here now. How did you like? How did you specifically like get to Crunchyroll? Um, so Keith Kalamura, some of you might have seen him running around conventions and stuff. Um, he's a fun guy. He's one of the people at Crunchyroll. Um, I bugged the hell out of him, and eventually he gave me a spot on the newsletter. And um, now I'm with News. It really was just keep writing, show your stuff to people,
0: and that's how I got where I am. As for me, it's actually hard to pin down exactly like how I got started with writing but not professionally so like uh i think i was just like reading a bunch of anime fan sites and people were doing like episode summaries and character descriptions and things like that like just just description of what the show is but not really any like more detailed stuff mm-hmm. and i started doing that and then uh basically uh started like listening to some podcasts and reading more reviews uh of like reviews of games, reviews of movies, some anime reviews, and basically just, like many things I've done in life, it's just been me looking at somebody doing something cool and going like, wow, I want to be cool like that person and do that cool thing that they do. (laughs) And so I just started writing reviews that were really bad. And in terms of professional stuff, uh, I basically just kept writing, kept talking to people, and met a couple people who wrote for Otaku USA, and they eventually uh, I got a recommendation from Aaron Finnegan. Uh, to write a Fates Day Night feature for Talking USA, and then I was actually getting paid to write about anime and then
1: kept doing that. So uh, my history is I came out here to to the Bay Area uh, while I was in college and had an internship at Giant Bomb slash Whiskey Media which is like a video game culture website and while I was there my duties involved like uploading game trailers and anime trailers to the anime site, comic book trailers to the comic book site. Uh, Comic book trailers are also a thing, which was news to me at the time, Um, but uh, I was uploading those trailers and I got to know the guy, the editor-in-chief of Anime Vice, um, and asked him for opportunities to kind of write and publish stuff there. Uh, Persona 4, the animation, had just actually started coming out and I was like, this is the exact perfect first professional writing gig for me, because I was obsessed with Persona 4 at the time. Um, And that was cool, and eventually I had the discussion of, like, I'd like to be paid for this. Um, and it was, it was, like, I remember, because it was purely symbolic. It was next to no money. I think he paid it out of his own pocket. It was, like, a check for, like, 20 bucks. <laughs> it was only significant to me in that I got a check in the mail yeah. that in the memo line said anime. And to me, that was, like, better than any amount of money was just having a check, being paid to write about anime, any amount of money was, like... That was significant for me so i started as an intern i
0: feel like you told me you framed that check i have it have, somewhere you, i definitely didn't cash the no, check for it's yeah it's okay. it's an anime I like that right. as a
1: joke it's better than as a piece of money um, <laughs> but it's uh, worth more than 20 dollars in comics. i think exactly yeah. the exchange rate is blurry but uh, that's how it worked for me and then uh when i started doing on camera stuff i was you know similarly when i was at revision three discovery channel all that stuff um i started out as a social media guy and Sort of gradually pivoted and snuck my way into videos and started hosting more and more, and then eventually pitched them on launching an anime show called Behind Anime Lines, um, which such a such a bad name. But such I a told, t- the whole <laughs> name. I what you're talking about the whole time that. I thought someone was going to stop me, like, but they let Wilson me call and it. Gene
2: Hackman anime versions.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, so I got to do that show for a little while, um, mm-hmm. and again, like in both those examples, didn't start. I wasn't hired to write about anime. I wasn't hired to host mm-hmm. a video, but getting in the door I feel like is instrumental. And being an anime fan. And liking anime also, (laughs) yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, that's kind of my, that's where I got to where I am now. Where I am now is at neither of those places, Uh, I have my own (laughs) YouTube channel where I'm doing videos about video games and anime and all that stuff, and I'm trying to
0: go full time with that, so I'm currently on act three of this. Right. Yeah. So I'm interested, do you guys have like a general writing process you follow, uh, or is it sort of like different depending on the project you're working on? Just, oh,
1: doubling up. Uh, so for me, it's it depends on whether I'm writing a script that's going to go like on the internet, like whether I'm writing a review or an article, um, or I'm writing something for a video. Because when I'm doing a video, like when my show was very much about having guests on to discuss anime with me, um, you were one of them. Um, But I still did some amount of writing in that because I would watch the show and take down keynotes of like these are the things that I definitely, definitely want to discuss and then my guests will fill in the other half because they all have better observations than I will and we can bounce back and forth on that. Um, And there's something really um, great about video which is that you can't obsess over your writing style and your writing format. Like when you write an article that's published on the website and when you have editors to go through and stuff, it's really easy you could work for 6 months on a piece and only publish one piece every 6 months because it's easy to obsess over it and like freak out over every little word. Yeah. Um and when it's video it's like, well, I, we shot it already. All my mistakes are permanent and I have to live with them, but at least it's done and I can focus on the next thing. Yeah. Um, when you can
0: edit it to cut out pieces, but it's yeah. already there. You exactly. can add new stuff. Which is really helpful
1: when you're like a perfectionist about that type of thing. So, my process is uh, focus on
0: video because it's the only medium where I can't drive myself crazy <laughs> uh, obsessing over every single word my pra- my uh, process is obsessing over every single word because okay. I don't write for video uh, I do podcast, but pod- my podcasting is free form it's like this right? just discussing mm. with people um, when I write and I usually do reviews it's like pretty much uh, I'll take notes on whatever like, the subject is that I'm writing about and then I'll go in and basically uh, free associate about it. So just kind of go through and just like write whatever comes to mind. And what will come out of that is like some cool sentences, like some great way of phrasing something I was thinking about it, or I'll like kind of follow some train of thought and end up kind of explaining my opinion about something. Because sometimes I'll watch something and be like, this is bad, but I can't tell why it's bad. And so I work it out in writing and just kind of like think through it. Um, and then I go back in and, like, figure out what the right order of those ideas is and then cut out all the bad parts and, like, sometimes, you know, take a paragraph where I had, like, a good idea but I wrote it wrong and I'll just, like, I don't usually delete it, but I'll, like, move it to the bottom of the file so I don't see it anymore and then rewrite that same idea differently. Um, and then basically, like, I basically take all that stuff, pull it apart, and then try to reconstruct an article out of it. And uh, if I'm given enough time and I'm not put on a really bad deadline, that can result in a good article. (laughs) What about
2: you? Um, Usually I don't take, like, physical notes. A lot of times I already have kind of a structure of what I want to say in my head. I think of important moments, important, like, let's let's think about the animation, let's think about the voice acting, whatever, all the different parts that it's going to be in. And when it comes time to write, I write, like, a one-sentence thing for each paragraph. From there, then I just mix and match, get it right, and then just flesh out each paragraph as it goes.
0: So I've kind of got it down to a process now. I do the same right. thing for DMVs. So yeah, I think initially I used to take like really detailed yeah like notebooks full yeah. of like
2: individual little you know <laughs> minutia of all like this no crap or something. Like, yeah, no, but now it's just like I remember this. If I need to, I'll go back, I'll look it up online, and then I'll get the details that I need but I just have like a basic picture of what I'm working on.
0: I think, I think those notes are actually really helpful,
1: it's just that I've been lazy about so them. So yeah. my, my question for you guys then, and I guess for Evan more because you still do the note-taking thing, is like the problem that I always run into, and this is seems obvious in hindsight, but I don't speak Japanese, so every mm. moment I'm not looking yeah, at the yeah. screen, I don't know what's going on in the show. So my options are to either miss things, which I'm way not okay with doing, or pause the
0: show and just like interrupt it and have a horrible watching experience. You have so, another option though. What is that? And that's to never look down at what you're writing. Just while stare you're straight ahead. Notes. But then, I've definitely, <laughs> I've I actually
1: tried that before. Yeah. And I've definitely had moments where I looked down and realized that one of my hands was like it's an instant average. Yeah, it's like, oh, out of phase. Yeah. Doesn't mean anything to anyone. Um, yeah, <laughs> so that's, that's so something sometimes I that I results with. in
0: like you know lots of typos, but I can go back through and be like, okay, like I know what I was saying there. Sure. But yeah, that is the problem. That's kind of why I stopped doing it because it. Mm- it's tough to, to keep that up. So what I'll do is mostly now just take notes of like really key things that I need to remember, like right. a quote that they might want to use or something. Um, but I do know yeah. I, I have notes from like when I did research for a Satoshi Kone panel, yeah. where I took notes obsessively about every single thing I watched for research, and those yeah. have been really helpful to go back through those notes and like mm. search out well, something I'm looking for. it depends on the type for. of
2: thing you're writing about. If you're doing a review. I believe that speed is very important. Yeah. You know, because you gotta hit that deadline, you gotta get that review out when it's timely. If you were writing a feature, if you're writing like something that's more informational, like let's talk about this studio, let's talk about this creator, you really have to go more in-depth and make sure that everything is spot on. You screw up in a review, you can go back and change it. You know, you can own up to your mistake, but if it's something that is actually like, you know, a feature article.
0: Really put your time into it. And well, make sure get it done right. It's sort of a difference between trying to be like objective and subjective, right? Yeah. Like in your review, you're like, here's my opinion. I need to present it in a way that makes sense to my readers. But yes. if you're trying to do something that's informational, like you got to get you gotta the get facts. It right, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You still have to get your facts right for a review. But most of your review is in fact its opinions yes. backed up by facts. Yeah. yeah. Oh, boy, please, (laughs) we're not talking about ethics in video game journalism. (laughs) Please, please, stop. (laughs) Um, See, I got a bunch of questions in here. Uh, I guess a pretty simple one that I'm sure at least some people in the room are probably interested in is, like, uh, what should aspiring writers do to, like, be like us, I guess, to get paid to write about anime? Well, have long
2: flowing locks. like. Right, well, that helps. Yeah. No, um... There's a saying that I really believe in is that you can train skills you hire for personality. Mm. So if you were a gigantic tool, nobody's gonna hire you. Unless, you you're, Mike tool, like, unless you're Mike tool, in which case lots t- of people will hire. That's, you. that's <laughs> very true. You no, know, he's awesome. He's awesome. <laughs> but um, no, just, just talk to people. Get out there, talk to people in the industry, make connections. Hobnob. I hate that word.
0: Yeah. Hobnob. Yeah, it sounds like a Harry Potter character. Or uh, Spider-Man that's that's Spider Man villain. Spider That's the Hobgoblin. That's probably why I said the Hobgoblin. <laughs> um yeah, that's that's very true though. I mean yeah. I don't want to discount like writing well, because writing well yeah, is good.
2: To, uh, don't like you know, <laughs> this anime is
0: I Z good G U D. You know, don't do that. Right. But, Say know, that gotta... same sentence but spell it right.
2: Yeah. Uh, Otherwise,
0: you're good. Yeah. It's really just typos. As long as you say anime is good, you're safe.
2: (laughs) And and as an editor, please, 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 oh my god, study, study your editor's formatting guide. Oh yeah, yeah. If your editor has a formatting guide, follow that because you're going to make his life all a whole lot easier. If you can remember to italicize titles and you know Pokemon, you got to put the little accent mark. That's actually very important. (laughs) No lie.
0: Yeah, I do it every time. Yeah. Uh,
2: Dude, find a replace. That's like the greatest tool. (laughs)
0: That's um, Mike. <laughs> We're gonna keep referencing. <laughs> that's Michael. our yeah. That's our callback. Um, yeah. So knowing people is definitely like really important, and like that sounds really, really bad Crabby. to be like, oh yeah, you just have to know people. But it's it's mainly just like you you should be making stuff, producing content, just writing. You know, writing as much as you possibly can. Right. And talk to other writers. Right. And it, knowing people doesn't just mean like trying to suck up to people who are successful. Yeah. It just means knowing other people who write. And sometimes those people are on the same level and as you. Sure that they actually like read your stuff. Yeah. You know? Sometimes those people are like maybe you're more successful. Maybe you have a blog that's like got more readers than some other person who, you know, has some brand new blog. But just knowing enough people means that, you know, you have more opportunities to collaborate with people. Or sometimes that person, like what happened with me with Otaku USA, sometimes their editor needs another contributor and they go through their list and they're like, well, I know Evan. He can write. I've read his stuff. Right, and like that's how it works. <laughs> yeah, and I think ideally that's something that happens organically, right? Like you're not
1: yeah. you're not being just like a shrewd like trying to like meet yeah. everyone. Like that's <laughs> not. I don't think that's the way the world works. And I'd like to think that you wouldn't be successful doing that. I think the the closer the, the reality seems to be for me, and I think for us is like you just make friends who do the same things as you and yeah. be like a reasonable. Friendly person, and um, that helps. That goes a long way. Uh, there's, I think, there's not really a shortage of people who want to write about anime, mm-hmm. or who can, or who even are. I yeah. think uh, the difference is being like good at it and um, meeting other people who have done it professionally, and just like
2: want to work with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I that's think... something
0: you can't fake. Really, is like being personable. And... Yeah, for me, knowing like Erin was actually just it was just that I liked her work, and was like, I want to meet this person who mm-hmm. like. That, that turned into a friendship that turned into right. a job, but I didn't meet her so that she could get me a job at yeah. Osaka not. Like this isn't act. like House of Cards, <laughs> you can't be evil, I don't think. Yeah, uh, another thing that's worth mentioning is like writing for free. Have you guys written for free? Yeah, do you, you mean got Eternal Summer bono? or? You gotta or? do some pro bono work. Yeah, shut <laughs> up! Yes, <Yeah. Yeah. laughs> yes yeah. I've written for free <laughs> with Toby Swim Club. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm sure you've written, at uh, most people who have yeah. written, like, done any sort of enthusiast media stuff have I mean, written for free, right? You yeah. have, yeah, mm-hmm. I have. And the tip that I should always give to people is, like, writing for free is, is okay as long as you're not the only person not making money on it. <laughs> like, if somebody else is making money off of your work that you do for free, that's the time to start questioning mm-hmm. whether you should be writing for free. But if you're working with a bunch of volunteers and all of you are doing it for the love of it and for exposure and to get more practice, uh, I think that's that's still okay to be writing for free. Right. Like,
1: ask yourself what you're getting out of it. If, yeah. if it's not monetary compensation, are you getting experience? Uh, exposure. Yeah. Exposure is like the, the what they say to you when they don't want to pay you. So yeah, exactly. you um, But make sure that you're getting something substantive out of it, like an experience, uh, a relationship with an editor, uh, a potential job down the line. Um, but. If you're doing it for free, make sure you're doing it for free for a reason. Make sure you're not being exploited. Totally. Even just because you
2: like it. Because, like, I have a lot of writers on the newsletter. A couple of them are actually, like, they have real jobs. Like, one of them is EMT. One of them is an MD. You know? They actually have really good-paying jobs. They just want to write about anime. But they also know people in Crunchyroll who are able to get them a chance to write about the stuff that they love. So, you know, eventually, I mean, I I keep going to some of these people, it's like, hey, I need someone to cover this. This is a paying gig, can you do it? And they're like, no, no, I'm cool doing pro bono. And I'm like, okay, (laughs) let me find somebody else then. But yeah, if
0: if you like doing it, you know, that shows in your work, and that's really, really important. And I guess it's worth, uh, since we're talking about money, people might be curious, how much money do you make writing professionally about anime? So you actually have done it. I did get that twenty dollars check that one time. That's right, So you've gotten that. But so, I mean, you've you've done it. Uh, I guess as your primary. Yeah.
1: Play. So the the thing, the difference with um, Anime Vice and Unwinnable, when I wrote for them, was that it was freelance gig, right? Mm-hmm. So I was paid per article, um, and it was pretty straightforward. And I was doing that while I was in college, so mm-hmm. I was like, I, "There's a food court. I don't really. I'm not like paying <laughs> rent or anything, so I'm okay." Um, but then, um, the difference with the Discovery Channel job and Behind Anime Lines and referee 3 Games and all that was that it was a salaried job, so really, I was getting paid the same amount whether I was running their Twitter account or, and I never really thought about it until you invited me to be on this panel that technically that did count as being paid to write about anime, um, yeah. but I guess I sort of did, um, and it was just like, that, it was weird, that wasn't what I was hired for, so I don't think I can, Say like, oh, this is the salary that they pay anime oh, yeah, video yeah, yeah. hosts because that's not a real that's not a you're not job. A dedicated like, anime writer. Yeah, yeah. Um, but <clears throat> yeah, it's it's so it's so tricky. Freelancing I'm, and I can I can't speak super experientially on it because I've never had to do it for a living. It seems really scary.
0: Yeah, bit. I've never had to do it like for a living, but I've done it on the side, and I know that if I didn't have my other job, right, my like non crunch my non non writing job, which yeah, is yeah. working for Crunchyroll, by the way. Um, if I didn't have that then I wouldn't be able to survive on writing right. one or like writing maybe two articles every two months for Otaku it's, USA say, <laughs> and there are people who do it totally like uh, there are people who d- survive not in anime that's the thing There's. I was going to say there's very few people who can like make a living Joseph
2: Luster it. who writes for mm-hmm. Otaku USA he writes for Crunchyroll News he writes for I don't know how many outlets a month he has done he works for History Magazine he works for oh, Nintendo, right? Nintendo yeah. Force he works for Oh God! What else? Um, I think he does pieces for the outdoors, outdoors and men's health, like tech
0: pieces. I think so I know only like two people who can actually do it. Yeah, he does. Do he is.
2: It pisses me off because he has never actually worked like a real person job. You know, it's like, dude, I worked at a Panda Express in high school. He never did that. You know, he has only worked as a writer his entire oh, life. that's and rare. That is, yeah. yeah. So. And he's good. And, <laughs> so, well, <laughs> he's excellent. Yeah. So you know.
0: Uh, but yeah, I think like Zach Bershey. Mm-hmm. And who's the uh, executive editor of Anime news, news Network? I think so. Okay. That's how I say it. Uh, and Patrick Lucius are probably yeah. the only two people I can think of. Yeah. Yeah. Patrick is the editor of Otaku USA. They're the yeah, only Patrick two people I can yeah. think of who like can actually do this for a living uh, <laughs> and not have to like find another job or find other writing gigs or things yeah. like that. So it's pretty rare your best bet is to, if you want to do it, assume you'll be doing it as a a side job, just as a thing that you do because you love it, but you get some extra income out of it, and that's great. Uh, Yeah. What time are we at? We're going to probably actually go to questions from you guys in a bit, if you guys have questions for us. Uh, I want to probably throw in one more question from from me. Um, So, actually, you guys have any, like, People who inspired you to start writing about anime, or like writers that you enjoy, even if they didn't, weren't the original reason why you started writing, like people whose work you admire. Do you?
2: I just read a lot. Um, I saw like Starlog magazine back in the 90s, mm-hmm. you know, sci fi magazine, and they had a small anime section. And you know, um, first seeing An America, actually, the first anime related magazine I saw was a fan published thing called Mangazine. And it's it's yeah. long dead, you know. I got that, and I got a copy of An America from a comic book shop in the mid 90s or so. And I grabbed it because it had Dragon Ball on the cover, and that was you know Dragon Ball was not in the U.S. at this time, so it was a real shock to see that. And I'm like, oh wow, you can actually like you can write about this stuff. Patrick was actually with them at that time, you know. Patrick's been with everybody, sometimes. Yeah. So um, you know, following all the different writers and stuff, seeing different blogs popping up and just continuing to write about anime. There's no one person or outlet that has influenced me like directly, but it's like just seeing the community all at work and seeing everybody like writing about stuff they love Yeah, is a good
0: way to keep me going. You know? For me, I think the first one was actually there was a fan site called lilolanet um, yes. yes! Oh, whoa! You're the first people I've met who actually know what it is. So I was a huge fan of it when I was a kid. And it was just run by this one girl who was, like, probably in high school or something, and she was just writing, not even reviews, but just just writing a bunch of, like I said before, like, episode summaries and, and a bunch of just, like, fan content about her favorite shows. And I think for me that was, like, this eye-opening thing where I was, like, a fan of someone who was a fan of the stuff I like, right? It was a secondary thing. Um, and... That was, like, the first time that I got really interested in it. And then from there, like, most of my inspirations in terms of anime writing had been a lot of, like, podcasters, uh, people from Anime World Order, uh, Aaron, uh, who's from, like, the Ninja Consultant podcast, uh, Dave Riley from uh, Fast Karate for the Gentleman, this shirt is from. Uh, and, yeah, like, I was just reading a lot of their stuff. They were all in Otaku USA. So Otaku USA was, like, this dream job, and I was pretty much... For a couple of years in like high school in the beginning of college, I was sending like, uh, like, sending my resume to Otaku USA and getting nowhere. And it only worked when I actually got a recommendation. Um, and outside of that, I mean, like, I don't know if there were other like non-anime writers that were inspired you, but I was always like a really big fan of Roger Ebert, obviously as a movie reviewer. Leonard Maltin. Okay, I've I read him, but I'm also a fan of like James Barradini, who's and I think I always admired him. Not just because of his writing, but because he was just a dude sitting in his house who made like a crappy little website and wrote a bunch of movie reviews, and eventually got to the point where he was like so uh, well known as a critic that he would be like in, you know invited to the Academy Awards and stuff like that. And still, he's just a guy who like lives in New Jersey and writes movie reviews, and he gets invited now to like go to premieres and things like that. And I always thought that was kind of inspiring. You can just just be passionate about it and. You know, if you have something good to say, you can get out there and find an audience. Um, I don't really have any specific, like, writing about
1: anime uh, heroes, exactly. I feel like you form heroes like that uh, when you're young and you're deciding what you want to do. And yeah. when I was young and deciding what I wanted to do, I got really attached to the idea of um, covering video games professionally. Right. So that's kind of where my head was at until the past few years when I realized that I could do, like, try to do that, but with all my interests. So right. try to cover anime in a way that, like, shares it with people. and. That's kind of always been my favorite thing is like pointing at stuff that I think is great. Like look at how great this is. Like right, come right. check out this great well, stuff. Well, that's the best feeling. Literally you find it's something like, great and you get to point people yeah. at it. And yeah. And maybe that's another discussion, but like yeah. for me that's why I do all of these things is like when people will comment on something be like I watched this show because of you. Like I gave this show that's a the shot best. and I cried at the end of it. I'm like that's but <laughs> that's better. I mean, it's not better than being paid because uh, being paid is how you live. Eat, and, yeah, and eat, I can't and eat and sleep. people um, reading well, things based on my reviews. So. You can't eat people reading things in <laughs> but um, yeah no it's it a more it's almost as good as, as being paid to write about anime it's like that is that's why I do it there are other yeah. things you can be paid to do and you'll be paid way way better almost without fail but getting to recommend like shows and games to people and having them respond with the way you did is so vindicating
0: and yeah. my favorite feeling probably in the world yeah uh that's like a pro tip as a reader. Uh, if you really like a reviewer, let them know that you watched something based on their review because <laughs> mm-hmm. they are guaranteed to be really excited. Even if that, if, even if you
1: hated it, also because I would exactly. get comments out, like, "Yeah, I watched. Yeah. I, I watched free, and I was not down." I was like, "Yes, yeah, cool. That's I get cool. that, yeah. but it's great. But you're wrong. But thank you for watching it. Thank <laughs> you for <laughs> you're objectively a shot. wrong." Yeah. Um. <laughs>
0: uh, yeah, I think we'll probably yeah. Let's go to questions from you guys. So it seems
1: like it's.
2: That that you don't like you
0: don't do Ooh, that's like that's a, a really a question. good question <laughs>
2: okay so um i'll take this one first yeah yeah okay um for the mm. newsletter Crunchyroll newsletter we are assigned shows to write about and like I don't know, two three months into after two three seasons into actually doing it, I was assigned the new season of Queen's Blade. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, I like to think of myself as a salesman. I can sell ice to Eskimos, <laughs> but this is Queen's Blade, and it's pretty freaking gross. And, but I was still and eating. that was for the newsletter. Right? That was for so the you're newsletter. doing mostly kind of like kind friendly. of promotional. And the yeah, thing yeah. is, like, it's like you don't see Netflix's newsletter telling you don't watch House of Cards. You know? <laughs> The, the Crunchyroll newsletter is to get people to watch these shows, you know? And so i gotta, I got to get excited about Queen's Blade and not be like a sex offender, right? <laughs> so you gotta, you got to start looking at what good things it does, right? Even if something is terrible, like I'm watching Cross Ant right now, and that is the worst freaking thing I've ever seen, but I can't stop watching it. There are good things even in that, you know? You have to find something that, you know, latch on to say, okay, the character designs are really good. I mean, they're all, like, ridiculously disproportionate, but, you know, the character designs, the art style is good, you know, the action is good. J- just try using broad strokes.
0: That's actually very important. So, But don't actually say the action is good. Like, use more descriptive things than <laughs> yeah, just saying one say thing it, is good and one, say, one like, thing is bad. The action choreography is really engaging or something like that. Just learn to... Develop a BS and BS. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> develop a vocabulary, but yes. uh, yeah, it's it's a really interesting question because I think like that's that's relevant when you're trying when you're writing like promotional stuff. Yeah. When you're writing a review, you don't necessarily want to find something good just for the sake of finding something good. You want to give your honest opinion of what you thought of it. So he didn't like that. <laughs> so if. If you're watching something and it's really bad, I find that it's not that hard to write about because you have a strong opinion on it. Yeah, and it's fun because you can pick it apart and you, you, in the same way as, like, you like something and you're trying to reason out why you like it, like, you really hate something and you're trying to reason out why you hate it. The hard ones are in between.
2: Another thing, too, though, even if you really, really like something, like, I recently wrote a review for Bayonetta 2, and Bayonetta 2 is, like, better than sex. It is an amazing (laughs) game. Um, But my review... As you know, as a writing professional, I still feel I couldn't write like a thousand words about how it's the greatest thing ever. You still have to temper it and say, you know, here's here's an honest, objective opinion. And even though it's fan freaking tastic, there's still these issues with it that you have to address. And
0: you said objective. Sorry.
2: <laughs> well, an honest try opinion. To, yeah, 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 try to, yeah, yeah.
0: Um, yeah. For the stuff that for the really hard stuff, though, for the stuff, sorry, when like. No, no. It's for the stuff that's like uh, that's in the middle, I think part of it is like you you've got to you've got to be able to find something interesting in the way in like your writing process, yeah. even mm-hmm. if not in the the content itself. So like, I, personally, I enjoy reviewing stuff, right? I don't just enjoy watching it and reviewing it is the thing I do in order to get paid for watching it, right? Mm-hmm. Like I enjoy the process of thinking about it and trying to figure out what to say about it. And so, like that becomes the entertaining part, not the show. It's figuring out the right way to phrase what I'm going to say about it.
1: Like, (laughs) contextualize this in terms of
0: like idol anime. Sure, I mean, yeah, you could also, yeah, you could also try to like find. Context yeah. or like other things you can put into there that make it more interesting. So maybe you can find something interesting about the the history of it or the creation of it or you know the, mm-hmm. the process that like, was used to put it out there.
1: My worst nightmare isn't writing about a, a show or a game that I hate. Right. My my worst nightmare is writing about a game or a show that I'm totally ambivalent on. Yeah. Like if something mediocre is way scarier to me as a writer mm-hmm. than something that I can like really tear apart because it's admit, it's kind of fun when you think something's like shitty to to just why do people like it? Yahtzee so much?
2: Exactly that. Yeah. yeah.
1: Like people, there's there's something cathartic and and enjoyable about. Like, like you said, exploring um, what it is about the thing that you weren't into. And um, something that I've actually only very recently realized is when I'm working on a review, um, I'll be like in my room just like writing, like head down, like Bandit 2, I was like, I was writing it and I was like, yeah, this is going okay, whatever, um, I love this game. Um, but it wasn't until I started having actual, out loud verbal conversations with other human beings that I was like, <laughs> That's this, fake. That's that fake. Every, everything important, like everything good in all my writing is something that I mm-hmm. pretty much said in a conversation someone went out loud and like, that was what made me discover that phrasing. And it just, it's so beneficial to say things out loud and actually have a discussion. Even if it's, I feel like a lot of my discussions are accidentally super one-sided, of me just like saying, yeah no two's great, oh, wow. and here's like me talking about it for five minutes and you're like barely even here, but it's okay, I just need someone <laughs> to throw these words at. Um, but that actually, the process of forming it verbally makes you phrase things differently than just staring at like a blank Word document. Is that, That's-
2: is that something that applies more no, no. It, so so it, it
1: applies in both cases, I think, right. actually. But in a video, it is also helpful because, like, when I'm writing a script for a review, like, a, a band, my Bandit 2 review, there were things that looked great on paper right. so that would said out loud by an actual human being. It just, like, doesn't, uh, people wouldn't know what I was saying. Like, you have to rephrase things in ways that are unnatural visually, but, like, when you listen to them would, would make more sense, I think.
0: I think it's great that you brought that up, though, because that, like, the way you describe that is exactly the way I review stuff. So I'll be struggling with some idea, and yeah, especially if it's like something I'm. in a lunch conversation, right? Yeah, well, and, and and even down to the fact that you said it feels one-sided. Like, I'll come into work, and I'll be like. So I was watching this anime to somebody who doesn't care, and I'll just be like, and I felt these things about it, and I'll work it out while I talk to them, and then I'll come home and be like, okay, that's what I thought of it. Like I didn't really realize till I had to express it to a person sitting in front
1: of me. Right. There have definitely been moments where I've had conversations with friends of mine where I was immediately like, I need to go open up like <laughs> yeah. Google Docs and put this down because like this is I'm phrasing it better now than I did when I was right.
0: alone and. Yeah, it, and it, I think it depends on the person, right? Like, some people probably work that out better alone than right. talking to people, but at least for the two of us, it works really well. And that's even for writing, not just for video, because I haven't written for video. Do you have something on like that or not? Not really. Other questions? Yeah. This is really more for me and more just But the... <laughs> How are you so good at Oh, um, it's, <laughs> <So> <laughs> I think we all I have, I have two
2: religions. <laughs> One of them is shonen manga. And the other is '80s action movies. So that is why I am so good at puns. It's a, uh, you know, it's, it just takes practice.
0: I, I want to give a tip here that says, in order to be a, a professional anime writer, you, have you be must be really good at puns. It's not really true. Actually, what's but really I would like, like, like to, to see it, that idea, I'd like to yeah. see yeah. it right, so that all the future anime writers are all really <laughs> yeah. good at puns. <laughs> what you need to do, I, I spend a lot of time now. Now my, my
2: turn your brain off game right now is Call of Duty, and um, because I I play way too many video games. Actually no, I'm doing a lot of Far Cry right now too. But um, I do a lot of uh, post mortem one-liners into my mic as people die, and it is the most spectacular thing
0: because everybody gets so pissed off at me, and it's so good. But you just—that's how you practice. I'm gonna tie this back in. Puns might actually be important if you're writing for Otaku USA. Yes. Uh, oh, because be uh, Patrick. Uh, in our titles we tend to try to do like pun Clever, titles like, for our yeah. features and stuff. Yeah. It's a very magaziney thing More to do. Yeah, 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 The ounce, Queensblade. What? More bounce to the ounce. Yeah. So for my very first Otaku USA feature, it was about Fates day Night, and I, what did I give to to Patrick? Uh, I I remember which one we went with, but I don't remember which two I gave. Uh, no, it was it was Duel of the Fates, Ooh, which is the name one. of like the Star very Wars episode one. one. Yeah. Like uh, the, yeah, the, the songs. Music, right, yeah. right, right, right. I think an important takeaway from both of those
1: is that it doesn't have to be like a pun that <laughs> makes <laughs> sense. It's like, it could be a single entendre, like, <laughs> yeah, can, single like entendre. Star Wars had nothing to do with what you're writing about, yeah. but that didn't stop you from making a pun. With. No, but that's <laughs> nothing ever
2: that
0: stops you like, from like, making a pun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it's perfect. Yeah, it's and cool. I mean it, it can actually be helpful if you're trying to do t- titles. So yeah. puns are cool. Uh, <laughs> that's my <laughs> opinion. Um, somebody had a question back there yet? Yeah. Could you speak up? Sorry. Um, so, how do you guys handle um, course material bias at all? So, like when you read a manga, you form an interpretation of it, and then you watch the anime and you kind of, like meet up to a certain mm, Yeah, that's good. Yes. So good course. question. Or, conversely, how do you handle not having forced material bias? Where you write something and you have no idea of like what the manga would like and you're only focusing on the anime, but then you get to saying think like all of
2: Right. Yeah.
1: Good question. Like, uh, I'm, I'm currently watching Parasite right now, Ooh. and I have very, very little context for the original manga. Like, I've looked at the first volume just to have the bare bones, like, how's the art style line up, like, that that thing. But um, as someone who's really enjoying that show, I don't know what the experience would be like for somebody who read the original in the 90s. And, um, I, yeah, it's, it's tricky. I think me and Evan, I, I don't want to speak for you, but I feel like we would probably land in a similar place in terms of, like... Um, it, it depends on how obsessed you are with objectivity in your mm-hmm. reviews. And, yeah. and, like, for me, my opinion is the opinion of a guy who has seen the shows I've seen and who has not read and not seen the stuff I haven't read and seen. <laughs> yeah. And, like, I, I, all I can give you is my opinion. And for me to say go out of my way to try to, uh, like, cobble together an inauthentic opinion from someone who is super familiar with the source material wouldn't be real, so I can't. Do that. So I'm just like I, yeah. I. I've never really done the thing where I'm like I'm going to talk about this
0: as though I were someone else because that's hard. Yeah, I think <laughs> it's w- mostly
1: because it's hard, really. When you
0: when you're talking true. about reviews, though, that's very true. Like that's where I fall to Is always lay your biases out because everybody's got biases. Yeah. I don't believe that any reviewer is objective, and if they claim to be, then they're full of shit yeah uh, <laughs> well there is
2: objective reviews.com which
0: is great right right which is just describing the physical reality of the thing that it's reviewing yeah. <laughs> it's like a satirical yeah uh <laughs> did the magazine have like a hundred percent objective review of some final fantasy game that's like this is a game it that was right yeah. that was a destructoid yeah destructoid. yeah exactly it's a game it is on a disc right like that's all you can say about <laughs> yeah. it without being subjective uh, yeah so like lay your biases out as a writer right like make it a part of what you're saying and be like hey I haven't read the manga because this is like a thing where you have to think about your audience right like you're trying to serve your audience you're trying to give them an opinion that's helpful to them in some way you're not just like shooting your opinions out into the void and are like I just need to have these exist somewhere right you, you actually are trying to serve an audience so what you should do is just say hey this is who I am this is what I've seen and there's probably a bunch of people out there who haven't read the manga, right? And they don't want necessarily an opinion from somebody who has read the manga. They want to know how they will like it having no context, so they should read Nick's review. I have read at least part of the manga, so I have different context, right? And if I bring that in and lay that out and say, I'm coming at it from this perspective, then people who have read the manga know what they're working for. You can still try to be like... You can try to hedge your bets and try to be sympathetic to both so maybe you figure out your opinion of it and then try to read the manga and try to like work your way backwards and figure it out, right? But that's only like you can only speculate what somebody would experience there and you can try to include that in your review. I've done that before. I'm like, I imagine this will, you know, appeal differently to people who have this different experience. But you're still always speaking from yourself. You shouldn't try to like place yourself into someone else's shoes to try to review something
2: pretty much what you guys were saying. Um, this is less an issue with writing about anime and manga for me as it is about writing about games. Because like I have a real love-hate relationship with JRPGs. Uh, you all can like crucify me after the panel. But um, there are things that I really, really hate in JRPGs. And yet, because of Crunchyroll's audience, I do have to write about JRPGs a lot and give a lot of thought to it. And I think by laying that out on the line, by saying, yeah, you know what, guys, I kind of hate Kingdom Hearts, and then I write a review about oh, Kingdom Hearts. That that'll go really well. <laughs> oh, no, dude, they hate me. It's awesome. But, um, yeah, if I say right at the beginning, yeah, I kind of hate Kingdom Hearts, but I enjoyed this, then it does show at least, it shows what you have to say. And I think that's super important.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Does that answer your question? Okay, cool. <laughs> Any other questions, guys? you have one, guys? Yeah. So, if you're writing, like for a personal thing or something, like, before you get paid jobs, how do you get noticed by, you know, because it's the notice? There, yeah. <clears throat> there are thousands of people writing about probably the exact same thing, you know,
2: how, how do you get people who, who pay money for writing, you know, to notice you out of all the myriad of other investment instead of
0: pads. No, seriously, no. <laughs> um... <laughs> um it's, so, this is always the tough one because I, I managed to do that, and yet, my blog, I feel like not a lot of people actually read it. So, I kind of got there by knowing other writers, like I mentioned yeah. before. Um, and you can get there just by being, like, really popular. I'm not really sure how to be popular on the internet. Uh, if somebody in the audience has any tips, please let me know. Cat pictures. Uh, what?
2: Cat pictures.
0: Cat pictures would probably work pretty well. Um, I mean, part of it, I'd like to be an idealist and say, like, just hone your craft, write really good stuff, right? That's like... listen to lose yourself a lot while you're... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, if you... Like, it it won't get you all the way just writing good stuff, right? You can write good stuff and be sitting on a desert island and nobody will find you. And you can be sitting on the internet equivalent of a desert island also. But the reverse isn't true. You can't be hired and not
1: have an awesome portfolio full of really great work. Because the, the bar is now extremely high, right? Everyone yeah. has written a ton of stuff about this, and, like, you you need to have... I, I think it's really important to do what you're doing. Like, you're already halfway there. Right. Having a big portfolio of good work is now the
0: minimum to get to get into this stuff, I feel like. In most yeah. cases. And, and, again, like, community is a big part of it, right? Like, if yeah. you're writing for an anime blog, I don't do this enough, but this is, I think, good advice. Uh, if, if you have your anime blog, find other anime blogs and comment on them. But, again, don't do it just to do it. like, Have your goal be find other anime blogs and make sure the ones that you find and you comment on and you engage with are ones that you actually like and are not just people you're trying to network with for the sake of networking. And if you don't like any of them, I guess you could be like Colony Drop and that worked for them where they made a blog that was basically like all anime blogs are bad except for this one so read this one. And it worked out because they got popular.
1: That actually... I I have kind of a question for you guys about this stuff which is that... I feel like as I've entered into this industry, uh, there's a spectrum, right? Of the the anime fan who like loves everything and wants to be super positive and praise everything and their stuff, and then there's the, like hyper cynical and anab- a blogger, like yeah. Tumblr core, like super angry, like everything that is popular is automatically crappy, and I don't really like that vibe either. And so, how do you split the difference between like being the cynical, jaded anime guy who hates all shows? purely for being popular, or being the person who is, like, watching... Because I've, I've seen people who do it, I think, wrong in both ways. Yeah. I've seen people yeah. who are really uh, prolific and have huge platforms say, like, Sword Art Online is the greatest anime of the past oh, five years. Oh, you just and it's named, like You
0: practically just named names right I'm there. just saying, i have seen what happens,
1: and it's like... We know who that I, is. I love that you're... Pa- it's cool that people are passionate about things, but I feel like when you make big, like... Declarative statements yeah. like that—you need to make Start- sure that you've seen enough stuff to back it up. "Quote: Sword Art Online is the smartest anime I've seen in years." And yeah. like, yeah. I like—I'm a big Sword Art Online apologist. I don't think that it's the smartest anime in years necessarily. <laughs> so it's fun. How I mean, do you guys like? Yeah, it is fun. You know? Like, how do you draw that line though? Like, how do you make sure you don't get too cynical, but also uh-huh. don't get too flowery and and do
2: you want to take an icon mm-hmm. Like what you like. Be honest about yeah. it. Don't like. Don't try to sugarcoat it. Don't try. To, like what you like. Hate what you hate. Be honest about it, and people will resonate with that. I, like I just said right now, I kind of hate Kingdom Hearts, you know? Um, I, I'm watching Cross End, which is frickin' awful, but it's so fun. Um, Sword Art Online is a fun show. It is not good or smart, well, you know what, it's good to me. I like it, it's fun. I like the action choreography, I like the character design. It's a pretty show. That's, you know, you just be honest about what you like, write about it, you know? Don't, don't feel like you have to play to your audience that hard. Oh, definitely don't play
1: to your audience. Yeah. A, definitely don't. It's play really to your easy for that to backfire. And B, yeah. the the thing that you learn after you do this for a while in front of an audience is, um, and I think you alluded to this at the very beginning, but like, personality is is what people are kind of coming for these days. Mm-hmm. And people don't want and and necessarily an objective review or a super like I don't buy the whole be super cynical and hate everything automatically persona mm-hmm. that is never reads like never rings true to me. Yeah. People want to know like what. What Evan taught of a show, for instance, people don't want to know what because there's you can find a trillion reviews out there of just the thing. Yeah. Um, that's what you can provide
0: that no one else can is your opinion on a, On a thing, yeah. I think being honest is part of it, but uh, also be critical of your own opinion. Yes. yes, that's and and that goes for either side. That's really what like being solves able to that say problem. That what
2: you like may not necessarily,
0: you know. Oh, I don't. For... I don't mean just that. i I mean like if you really like something right? Yeah. You have to be asking yourself constantly, why do I like it? And if the answer to why you like it is because it's a show that you watched, <laughs> then you need yeah. to maybe be thinking about whether Spent you should little be little writing reviews or, you. or yeah. whether you need to develop your, like, critical, like, analysis better, yes. right? Similarly, if you're like, I hate it, and the answer comes down to I hate it because everyone else likes it, well, you need to be developing, like, your ability to, you know, like, come up with your opinion and, like, you know, take it apart and explain it to somebody, because yeah. that's not a good enough reason for anybody. I, there was a t- while where I was co-writing a column
1: about Persona 4 The Animation with a uh, person who sort of hewed on the more positive side of things. And that show, the original Persona 4 The Animation, had severe, undeniable, like, crazy budgetary issues and was mm-hmm. super ugly for, like, a lot of the show. <laughs> and I would, like, we the way we wrote this column was, like, I'd write a piece, he'd write one, I'd write one, he'd write one, and then we'd oh, post yeah. that back and forth. Um, And uh, I would have, like, screenshots of, like, this character's face. Like, one of the eyes is, like, a full eight inches above the other. Um, And he'd be like, I don't, he's like, I don't really, I don't think it's that bad. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm glad that there are two voices here, because it's good to be on both sides of this. Like, it's good to have a balance. Don't be a dick to your fellow writers. Right. That I, well, The screenshots were there because we had images in our articles, but it was just a situation where I was like, yeah, I feel like there were some scenes here where the characters didn't have faces at all. Like, they forgot to put faces on the characters in the show. Yeah. And he'd be like, oh, you know, that's a matter of opinion. I'm
0: like, not really, but that's <laughs> it. <laughs> it's a matter of opinion. uh Yeah, I actually had a guy, like, apply to write at AnyGamers once who uh, his writing samples were like technically good, right? They they described things well and they had good like phrasing. They you know the ideas flowed well and I was like, okay, except like when I read through the whole review, it was completely sort of uncritical. And that was like enough for me to say no to this guy. It was um, yeah, it was well and, and at the end he was like, these things are kinda bad, but People who like this kind of thing will like it. That's like the classic way yeah. of trying to fans of like, the genre. Right. Like, fans don't of say the it. genre will enjoy yeah. this. Like that and that goes back to Nate's point of like just be honest. Like don't yeah. try to sugarcoat things. Like don't try to be positive for the sake of being positive. Mm-hmm. But also or, don't, be, or don't be negative for the sake of being negative. Yeah, don't Either be cruel. Yeah, you yeah. know, it, it cuts both ways, I think. That may not actually have answered the question all that well, but we talked about the question. Mm-hmm. Does somebody else have a question? <laughs>
2: Anybody? I have extras
0: that I can throw in here. I got ten more minutes.
1: Um, I've, one thing that we talked about before this panel was relationships with editors. Oh yeah, and I mean, that's something that I'd like to hear because I've only had a few editors who I've had to work under, and it's been fun. But like, I definitely wrote for a guy for a while who insisted that video games was all one word, and that Ooh. broke my heart into. <laughs> uh, it but, broke your heart into, but it did not break video. No, it games did not break the compound word into. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, like, how do you how do you deal with working with an editor, especially like if you disagree with an editor? Yeah, I, I feel like the answer is
2: probably live with it. But um, we, we
0: work with the same editor. Yeah, our so.
2: editor Patrick is very like hands off. Um, yeah. you have to learn to be your own editor, which was super handy. It's helpful for me because like I'm a total grammar Nazi, so I can police myself very well. But um, no, um, now that I am an editor, I'm kind of starting to be that guy where you know we're going to follow this template and we're gonna get it right, but there are certain things that, you know, if your editor will listen, like you have an actual issue, like the video games thing, Mm -hmm. or like if he's some kind of like monster dinosaur that still does double spacing between sentences. Yeah, actually, that's a
0: tip. Don't do double spaces after periods. Yeah. So if your editor will hate you.
2: Yeah, you have
0: to be able to, this goes back to the
2: personality thing too. If you can bring up an issue with your editor and keep it professional, be cool about it, be like, hey, you know what, I really have an issue with this thing, can we work it into the formatting for future pieces? If he'll listen, great. But you, you can't just say, hey, you're doing it wrong, because that's just gonna make him combative. You gotta, you gotta be good at, gooder at talking to peoples.
0: Yeah, uh, Patrick is definitely hands-off, so I can't Super speak much hands-off. to that. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of just send stuff to him, and it shows up in the magazine. Well, I'm, I'm more
2: of a hands-on editor, so... Right. You
0: know. But I have, like, at Annie Gamers, um, we have two, two editors. It's me as the editor-in-chief, and then we have, like, um, basically, like, an associate editor guy who... He edits some other people's stuff, like, we kind of trade off the responsibility, but then, uh, since I don't have anybody above me, he edits my stuff, so... He's sort of my editor on on gamers and uh, that's like a very positive relationship because we edit each other's stuff, and so we basically just like it's just really like sending it to a friend. Really, it's just like, hey, man, like look it over, let me know what you think. So it's not like that one of us has to approve it for it to go through, but it's just like having someone who is a writer and writes for the same like outlet, and you know we're speaking the same language, we have the same style guide and he can read it over and go, like, that That didn't make sense. That's a run-on sentence, or that's, like, you know, not getting your point across correctly. Comments. Yeah, too many commas. That's a common thing for me. Uh, yeah, I don't know if I've had many other experiences that I can remember that are, like, worth noting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wrote for the Golden Anniversary, like, blogging project, but I can't remember if I had any, like, real big editorial things with the editor. That was Jeff Tebbets, the editor.
1: I was like, this is tangentially related, but to your point about, like, obsessing over grammar and, and English, like, that's another thing that I sort of consider, like, not optional. I think it's important to, to be able to do that stuff autom- semi-automatically and to yeah. make your editor's life not
0: hell, or else you won't have an editor because you won't have a job. Um, that's, I was talking that's pretty things. much our test on any gamers a lot of yeah. times, is just, like we'll take somebody's writing sample and be like, okay, let's edit this as if it were published on the site. Right. And if we're like, this was such a headache, we're like, this, was, well, this took sleep. longer than writing it probably. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I
1: was actually talking to a, this is just an anecdote, but like uh, a friend of mine, uh, his name is uh, Dan Reichert. He's like, he's written reviews for Game Informer and now Bomb for years. And he was telling me that when he was in college doing it, he uh, was using like a pirated version of Microsoft Word that didn't have a spell checker in it. So he had to train himself like, nice. to use a word processor with no spell checker for years and now, it doesn't, like, he doesn't need one anymore, practically, Mm -hmm. like, it's, that's kind of a cool, like, I don't, I wouldn't say do that, don't do that, but it's, it's, think in that mindset,
0: like, don't rely on too many crutches, whether they're digital or, or editors, like, Definitely use, uh, use autocorrect, though, when you're writing about anime, and just let it automatically correct all the yep. Japanese words. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. a good idea. Your editor will love it's, that. It's important to write every
1: anime review you do in a text message on your iPhone with, like, <laughs> with autocorrect on, and then just publish that, and see if anyone can figure out what you're talking about.
2: One thing that I found really, really important was um, academic writing does not prepare you for Oh, my the God, yes, money. yes. Because, okay, if you're writing a paper, right, you learn to bullshit your way through the whole thing <laughs> and increase your word count, mm-hmm. you know? You don't use contractions. You, the, oh, the language is use not contractions. natural. contractions. Yes, please, oh my God. <laughs> use, use contractions. Use natural language, use natural yep. speech, slang, whatever. Make it feel like you're talking. This is Enthusiast Press. It's fun, you know? Do not write it like an essay, for the
0: love of God. <laughs> so it, it's so funny you mention that because, like, When I first, when I sent that first uh, Fates Day Night feature in for USA, I sent it to Erin first because I was so nervous. It was my first time being published in a magazine. I was like, oh my god, is this going to be right? I sent it to her and she like gave me back a sentence where she was like, this sounds like you're writing a high school essay. Yes. And it was like, oh dude,
2: when I started uh, building the Crunchyroll reviews team, the first guy that actually was put on there was like, okay, here, you're going to write your review, write your review. He writes it and there's like no contractions. No it's contractions. Like super, been... It's super long because the guy just graduated. Yeah. So, you know, he was, he was busy writing his, his, uh, his capstone and that was, you know, oh, that was not fun to do. That was such a long so, review.
0: So, you, you also mentioned word count and that's like, we have like five minutes, but yeah. word count is, uh, I think it can be a really useful thing. So I've, I've actually like written some of my best stuff I think for Otaku USA because, we have a maximum word count on our reviews and features. What is your maximum? Uh, it is 750 for reviews and, uh, t- well, it's 1200 to 1300 to a minimum and maximum for features, yeah. Okay. Um, but if you're writing like high school essay, you're like, I gotta get up to the right number of words or I won't get an A, right? But like, the best thing for me has been writing more than my word count my maximum, I mean, and then yeah. trimming, and just you figure things. out to like you figure yeah. out how to say just the stuff that you need to say, and you cut everything else out, yeah. and you'll be amazed how much you can like cut down something by like seventy percent, and you'll be like, wow, this sounds so much smarter because I wasn't <laughs> sitting here saying all these other words around it to I try to get to it. It's really
1: tempting uh, if you're the type of person who wants to write about stuff to become really precious about your own words oh yeah, yeah. Um, I, I like the, the the thing that nobody wants to say but I think is true is that as writers we we like low-key think that everything that we think is important and want to share with everyone um, but it's it, and it's so tempting just like write infinitely but um the, the reality is that's not good for you or for your audience or for anyone. And the, the term that I've
0: heard is "kill your little darlings," right? <laughs> sure, yeah. So you've got these things. And you're like, that's the best sentence. Oh, it's so cool. It's gonna be in like a yeah. pull quote somewhere. And you have to just be like, it's not working. You don't have to delete it. Yeah, but maybe make a scrap file. That's what I do. Like. Take it out, put it over there, it's not gone, you yeah, can right. get it back if you want, but write something else. Not, nothing you write will be the last thing you ever write, except for, <laughs> except for the last thing you ever write. But <laughs> except for that, nothing will be the last thing you ever write. If you have an idea, don't okay, feel like you've got to like force it into every yeah. article. Okay. I think the masquerade is about to start in two minutes. Here's the biggest tip that we can give you. You know, you're writing about anime for your blog, and you're like, how do I get noticed? Here's the best way run a panel about writing about anime, and then at the end, tell everybody what website they can find you on. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, the only website
1: I'm on that uh, matters is like uh, youtube.com slash Babylonian, because that's going to be
0: my income, YouTube.com, possibly. I've heard that's a Yeah, it's site. a
1: good website. If you're fans of Vimeo, mm-hmm. we'll be really pleased. <laughs> 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 and I have a Twitter account, same URL, uh, just Babylonian. Phrase. So if you can spell that 10-letter word, you can find me, and that's my criteria. Um, that's him,
0: Babylonian. Yeah. Me, I'm at Otaku USA Magazine. That's OtakuUSAMagazine.com. Uh, my blog is AnnieGamers.com, It's a blog and podcast, anime, manga, and video games. And uh, yeah, at Vampfo on Twitter. Nate,
2: um, I'm on Crunchyroll. Go to Crunchyroll. Uh, check out Fan Art Friday every week. Um, go to uh, the Crunchyroll newsletter. Uh, actually, I'm going to be sticking around for another like 10-15 minutes. So if anyone's interested in the newsletter. Please let me know, and we can work something
0: out. Yeah, or if you want to write for any gamers, let me know. All right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think we're pretty much out of time. If you guys have more questions that you didn't feel comfortable asking during the panel, feel free to come up and talk to us. We'll probably have to get out Thank soon you. now. Yep. Thanks, guys. Yay.